no driving gloves. We're a combination of gearheads. John the instigator, Derek the conservator, Will the builder, Sean the racer, and maybe a guest. Invite you to listen while they sit down, have a drink, and discuss cars. Learn more and subscribe to the podcast at No Driving Gloves. Time now for the ride. Hey, everybody. No Driving Gloves. New intro. Woo! Get out your beverage of choice. For me tonight, it's sparkling ice water. Um, I don't know. Eventually, I think we're going to go to having beers because that's how this podcast is promoted. Guys sitting around, chatting cars, having a beer. I don't drink beer. <clears throat> well, then Derek's going to have his wine. Of course, I might do wine. Might do hard liquor. Who knows? Scotch. Scotch. Right now, it's what's in the mystery green cup. <laughs> I'll well, see. Some of us are already ahead of the game. Oh, it's ice water. I'll tell you. Been a busy week, automotive news wise, and I had to choose a couple of couple of topics for tonight. Um, hopefully, everybody did their homework. Everybody, I guess, meaning Derek. Will's on oh, his way to yeah. Daryl Starbird. Um, Sean's having issues from his car accident, so let's uh, send well wishes to him. Um. And Will's, you know, I guess, I don't know. Just a quick hi, Derek. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? Uh, you know, it's going good. It's going good. Working, living. Two most important things, right? Uh, I should play Huey Lewis. Working for a living. Working, there you go. Working for. See, I can do that. If I played the song, we'd get, you know, like booted from YouTube. But I can sing it. Yes. Yeah. I'm so far out of key there. Algorithms. Well, I was going to say. I wouldn't say you can sing it. You can uh, attempt to say the words in some fashion. That's an attempt at singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just always say they they haven't sung it correctly. I sing properly. Nobody else ah, does. Gotcha, it's gotcha, obviously gotcha. not my fault. It never can be my fault. So, I don't know. Just like when you restore a car. You restored it, right? So it can't be your fault. Everybody else restores them wrong. Well, they put it together wrong. I just put it back together exactly the way it came (laughs) apart. I always tell people, I can't fix a car. If you let me disassemble it and reassemble it, maybe it'll be fixed, but I'm going to reassemble it exactly the same way as it should have left the factory, which means that flaw should still be there and it's going to break on you again. Mm -hmm. That's why in the museum world, we use that inherent vice term. That's inherent vice. It's it 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 would have been on that from the factory. So to be historically accurate, we want it to do that again. Yes, I can agree mm-hmm. with that. It took me a minute to to wrap my head around it. For some reason, I was thinking uh, improving it so it doesn't happen again. But that wouldn't be the museum. That would world. be removing the inherent vice. See, the museum yeah. world, we want the inherent vice. Yes. That, yes. That's the museum world. Uh, the resto mod world would be removing all the flaws with the car. Oh, Will's world. Yeah, yes. the resto mod world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Oh. I hope he's listening. Oh. Well, he's... He's just sitting in a truck on the way to Oklahoma. He should be able to have his phone out and have Facebook going. Oh. Maybe he should. I know he's got unlimited data. Fancy guy. Exactly. Unlike those of us that are in our house actually recording this. So, So, I like the topics tonight, John. I actually thought it was kind of cool. Sorry. Sorry, I got a... Don't have a studio audience, but... I got to send a message. So hopefully that gets it. Get... Well, we do have the little puppy. Wait do a we second. Have people, do we have po- people commenting on what the what? He was listening to you. He heard you talking about resto mods. <laughs> I'm, um, you're in a sports bar getting drunk. I am. I'm at Hooters in Tulsa watching Auburn basketball drinking beer and um yeah so i figured uh i'd join in while i had a minute 
Who's half Look at that. See, how did I introduce the show? Three guys sitting around having a beer, talking cars. And Will brings us right home in damn portrait mode. But hey, at least we got uh, Will yeah. here. We like the black bars next to him. Yes. How, uh, how was the drive? <laughs> well, this show's just gone downhill. Huh? Sorry, <laughs> Keith. Hey, I've even got guests with us. You want some guests tonight? We, we can do a couple of guests. Oh, yeah. I don't know about Mike. <laughs> He's not going to be commenting now. Yeah. We got another guest. Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> we lost all of our commenters. <laughs> wow. To be a guest, too. Do what? Our waitress. Chloe? You're going to make a waitress get on here. That's genius. Of course, the sad, the awesome thing would be if we started talking about cars and she just started like laying down car information. That would be pretty cool. You want me to see? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to. (laughs) <laughs> we we have some you know, some commenters that would like to interview the waitress. Let's see if I can find her. She'll be back in a minute. Just hey, just don't take us to the bathroom with you, okay? I'm not going to do that. All right, thanks. I'd be embarrassing myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can see the comments, but uh, one of the commenters is asking her what she drives. All right, let me find out. Miss Chloe, can you come here for a second, please? Miss Chloe. Wow, we're getting formal. She needs one second. She's oh, working. Okay. I know, you're going to get her in trouble. All right, so. Will Tip's good. I'm live on my <laughs> And it's an automotive podcast. And they're asking, what do you drive? She has a Nissan Altima. Not a bad choice. Very Not a bad choice. A, a practical choice. Very, very good. What? It is a practical choice. Very practical choice. So, Would you uh, like let's see here. Show your face on our podcast. Sure. All right. Here's the lovely Miss Chloe. Hi, Chloe. Hello, Hi. Chloe. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, Y'all see me eat my last wing? Not really, no. All right. Well, (laughs) I figured I would bust up y'all's party a little bit. Well, it's good to see you. No, 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 you're actually out there working. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Working. (laughs) It's hard work tonight, boys. I'm telling. It's been rough. <laughs> yes, you have a rough job. I will, tell you this. I will tell you this. We did get up at 5 30 this morning. Got into Tulsa by one. And um the car is set up pretty well ready to go. So we have been working pretty hard today. And you took the uh the green one or the red one? The green one. So I'll be posting some pictures probably tomorrow. And we'll, we'll try to share them to No Driving Gloves Facebook. And uh, what was I going to say? Oh, good luck this weekend, Will. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good rest of the podcast. Good luck, yeah. Will. Good seeing tip you. Chloe, tip Chloe well. <laughs> will do. So, yeah. Thanks. Well, Pop those pop in people that we don't expect for, and we have no script to even deal with. And now right, I want well, chicken wings. Good show. All right. Yep. See you guys later. Let's see here. I, I'm trying to read my uh, screen. 
Yeah, well, Randy yeah. wanted to go to – he said he should have gone to Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, somebody believes you that we're uh, wrapping it all up. Yeah, and now that now that Chloe's off, we're, uh, we're done. Yes. Yeah. Well, you were just saying before Will uh, joined us – Rudely interrupted. Before Will joined us, you enjoyed the uh, subject ideas tonight. Where do we want to start? 3D or 3G? I don't know. Either one. They're both interesting. And I think, I, you know. I think I, I'm, I'm going to jump into 3G first. 3G. Okay, let's do it. And Because that, for any non-car listeners or whatever, um, and if you're going to play this for some of your friends, you car people out there, because this pertains to everybody, even non-car people. Just start the show at about 10 minutes in. This year, um, 3G is being phased out. And for those of us that are 40 and 50 years old, it seems like 3G was just, a, you know, just yesterday. Heck, I, I remember my old Kyocera cell phone that had, you know, the black and gray screen that did the Internet. Didn't even do pictures or anything, but you could, quote, surf the Internet on it. And that was even pre-1G, I think. And now 3G is being phased out. And this is something that, is it really, has something this impactful ever hit the automotive world, Derek, that you can really know of something being phased out and leaving so many car owners in a lurch? You know, I was, I read the, I read the article and I was trying to think about that. And I really cannot think of a time in automotive history where something this drastic has happened that has, you know, has the, um, that there's the chance, I'm going to say the chance because, you know, they're trying to figure things out. You know, they're, they're, they're doing upgrades, things like that. But I think this is the first time where it's actually, it will actually impact a current owner of a vehicle because you think about all the technology that's been phased out, it's just been rolled into, you know, new models just roll out new technology. Even if you have a carbureted car still to this day, you can still operate it. You can still get it fixed. You can still do a lot of things, but this, I mean, with all the connected services and all the, you know, guidance, navigation programs, everything that, could be and likely will be affected by this um it makes a big chunk of your car useless yeah. which is which is i think the first time that's probably ever happened in automotive history and what we're talking about is the cellular companies are phasing out 3g this year uh i think uh t-mobile and at&t will be done with it really by summer and Verizon's going to hang on till December 31st and shut it down. And they're eliminating 3G so that they have more bandwidth for 5G. And guess what? 6G's cut right around the corner. So it makes sense to the telecommunications world. But cars since 3G, the advent of 3G, which would have been what, 2007, 2008? Yeah, right around there, yeah have been relying on 3G for a host of services, OnStar systems, um, your some navigation systems, some of your keyless entry systems, some of your remote start systems, you know, some of the telematics that reports information, you know, back to the home base, some of your internet hotspots. You know, you paid thousand bucks to get an internet hotspot into your car five or six years ago, and it's 3G. And it's not going to work now. And it's just, and and we'll go through, there's, there's a list and uh, I'm going to credit the drive with the list uh, just in case it's a little bit wrong in that. But some Toyota, for instance, has basically said, you own a Toyota 2017 or older, tough bleep, you know, live with it. Um, Ford never responded. GM said they're trying to work to, um, have retrofit kits available. And I think this is what will happen is, you know, they'll they'll retrofit some of the 3G stuff to 4G, but it's going to cost you. And then I think eventually the aftermarket might step in and help like 
owners of Toyotas and some of the manufacturers that are saying, hey, we really can't do anything for you. Well, I think and, that's a good point. I want to stop right there, John, because I think that is going to be the the fix to all of this. Is it? It's going to open up an aftermarket avenue. Uh, you know, I mean, you think about like I just talked about carburetors to you know fuel injection. Of course, really, the only thing you do with carburetors anymore is aftermarket. You know, none of the none of the you know major automakers that used to make carburetors. Um, have rebuild kits or new ones to you know sell you it's all relying on the aftermarket so you know i think that i think that is exactly the direction this is headed you know they might the automakers might take care of the 3d 3g to 4g upgrade 5g upgrade but i think that's a one-time thing i think this is going to be okay now you know this is going to be happening every time one of these you know 3g 4g drop off um it's it's not going to be on us anymore it's going to be on the aftermarket to keep your your vintage car your um shoot what did they call them uh clunker that's the word they used to use your your clunker um having service you're gonna have to go to the aftermarket world you know i was thinking when this popped up uh take my 17 uh taurus sho you know, 40 ish thousand dollar car had internet connectivity. You paid like 10 bucks a month and you got so many gigs so that you could actually use it as a hotspot. Um, you could start it via your phone app. Um, it would report things back. Same thing for my fusion, $19,000 car, you know, it, it had the app and it would report tire pressures and all this stuff back to my phone. Um, Ford never commented whether or not, what model years are going to be affected. Um, But it's quite possible both of those cars could be basically rendered useless for any of that, you know, things that you would, you know, you kind of come to expect being able to unlock your doors with your phone. Um, And knowing some cars, that seems probably going to make it difficult to get in and out. You know, not all cars have easily accessible keyholes say um you know there's got to be a way around it but maybe there isn't i mean it's i'm just we won't know the impact till it takes effect but this has been coming for it's been known for years but nobody told anybody uh you know if you think of how hot the used car market is right now you know, and I read an article where somebody sold this Honda Fit for more than what it sold for brand new in 2012, 2013, whatever it was. But, well, that, that car is not going to work. I, anything that it would have internet connected, but I'm paying top dollar for it now if I'm buying it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I went out and bought a 2017 you know, Accord, and paid top dollar for it right now. I'm, you know, probably close to what it cost new in 2017. And December 31st, all the internet stuff goes wrong in it. I mean, Honda's already having trouble with, uh, I can't remember if it's their clocks or their navigation or anything because they didn't write the software correctly in the first place. And this is going to happen to Honda's unless they rewrite the software about every 10 or 15 years that the lo- clocks are off, which then affects the GPS, which affects a lot of things. Just, I, I can't remember the whole scenario there, but I just, I, I guess I just find it, you know, disgusting that this is a known thing that's coming. And I'm one who always goes for technology, but should have we told somebody? Should have we warned somebody? The guy that sold you that 2017 Accord yesterday or, you know, the 2000, well, 2019 BMW uh, that you just, you know, bought and just turned in off a lease. I mean, three-year-old car just came in off lease. You bought it with 20,000 miles, paid a bunch of money for it. And guess what? BMW said cars built after 2020 will not be affected but they haven't said what they're going to do for the cars prior to that. So 
but here's here's I guess here's another question or another way to look at it and and maybe a question you know a question to raise you think back to the earliest days of the automobile and you know things were developing things were you know would change every few years new technology would come out in that early auto industry but then you get somebody like Alfred P Sloan who steps in and introduces you know basically the the body style changes you know to make cars look newer every three or so years a car for every person purpose and you know the whole idea of general motors having the chevrolet buick old up the line you know that that division of what those brands are in class structure but then every three years having a model year change or roughly every three years back then and it was so it made people want to buy the new car they didn't want to look like they had an old car so is this just going to become another part of that scheme in the auto industry where well, you know, after after four or five years, that you know, three G or that four G is going to drop off, and eh, well, your most of your uh, you know creature comforts are going to be rendered useless. You, you 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 might be able to still drive the car around, you know, uh, depending on where things go in the future. We don't know, but you know, does it just become well, you have a an antiquated car that you know nothing works in it. You can run it and drive it and you get a to point A to point B as an automobile is built to do. But if you, if you want all those creature comforts to work still, you, you might as well just buy the new model. But my issue is, I mean, I'll have, sorry, but you're really an idiot. If you don't believe cars have built in obsolescence, everything has built in obsolescence model year changes. We're going to add this feature next year. That's acceptable. But when you're selling me something today that has these features on it and you're going to take those features away from me in nine months, uh, somebody should tell me those features are going away in nine months. I think it should be a disclaimer on every used car sold right now that there is a potential that any of the wireless internet-based features may not work or will cease to work. Um, and it is up to the manufacturer, the OEM manufacturer, whether or not they be updated. Because like I said, if it go in and I pay $30,000 for a 2015 Honda Accord right now, which God only knows, I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't know how much they've appreciated since this morning. Um, I'm paying for a lot of features on that car that, in nine months are going away. So why did I buy the fancy EX model? Why didn't I buy just the base car? I mean, right now that basically is a what's going to happen is a lot of these more advanced cars with these advanced features are going to become base models. And mm -hmm. right now you're paying a whole bunch of money for these cars and you're already going to take a massive hit on, um, values when production and everything catches up if it ever catches up and then you're going to find out that oh because none of your 3g services work you're going to take another financial hit mm -hmm. it's just like i said it just disgusts me that something hasn't happened to inform the consumer this is this is around the corner no, I, and, and I completely agree with that. I think you're right. I mean, I think if you're going to be selling used cars that are, as you say, going to come up short in a few months on what they have in them, I think, I'm sure there's, you know, had I thought of that, I'm sure there's a law somewhere that can apply. And I'm, I'm betting you that there's going to be lawyers out there as soon as more of this starts up, they're going to figure out how to make sure they get money by suing people um, over that, you know, over, you know, suing dealerships or whoever's out there selling these used cars that, you know, Hey, you're not being honest with your customer and telling them that this stuff's going to shut down, that they either need an upgrade or there's no way to upgrade this car that you're buying. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I a hundred percent agree. I think, you know, if this is going to start happening, it's, it's somebody's responsibility to inform the person buying the car. Now, is that, I don't think that's OEM. If, if you're buying a used car, obviously, I think it falls to the dealership that's selling it. Now, it should be just a disclaimer, like everything else. And it should be no, no matter if you're a new car dealership or a buy here, pay here lot, it, you should have, you should be informed of this because I mean, it affects uh, a ton of luxury cars from the mid 20 teens to like 2019 or so. But believe it or not, it's actually going to affect some 2021 models that may, maybe not, but with the way cars are, but you would have bought brand new six months ago. And all those features that you just paid thousands of dollars extra for as an option don't work 18 months later. Not even, you know, even if you leased it for three years, it's going to mm-hmm. go away halfway through your lease. What's the or you're going to be hit there? Or you're, or you're going to be hit with another expense to get them to work again. In some, some of these brand, you know, from, from that article again, you know, on the drive, some of them are saying, yeah, we're going to charge you to upgrade. So like you just said, John, you just spent, $5,000 in the premium package on your car, you know, getting all these bells and whistles. And now they're going to come back and go, yeah. So to put the 5g upgrade in that, it's going to be a thousand dollars. So you're just getting hit again with another payment to keep your car running. And if you lease the car and you don't do that five, well, be a 4g upgrade. Nobody's talking about going 3g well, to 5g. Yeah. They're talking Whatever three to four. You don't pay that $1,000, theoretical $1,000 upcharge when you turn the car back in for your lease. Is that going to hit you as a penalty and you're going to be charged the $1,000 then? You know, it's it leaves a lot of unknowns there. I mean, I just wanted to bring it up on the show so that you can talk to um, people and be aware of it. Um I think let's see. You know, Jason talked about his Corvette and some software things with OnStar, uh, and he's you know, his iPad that will no longer update. But that's I've got an iPad One. I can still do some features on it. Um, my ex-wife had an iPhone, not an iPhone. You know. 3G or iPhone 3 or 4 had an iPhone, bought it within the first couple of weeks the iPhone hit in the market. She used that phone until 2018. It no, it, it hadn't updated since like iOS 5. It, But it functioned. It made phone calls. It did text messages. No, none of the apps worked because the apps weren't supported, you know. The people followed the money, but the phone still worked. Um, so, yeah, it's kind. It's similar that some of the stuff went away, but in theory, you were buying an iPhone for an iPhone, and maybe some of the features. Um, so, but to me, that's the computer. That's the computer world. You've expected since the first computer you ever bought to be obsolete within days. I mean, there it used to be a joke for me in the 90s. If you buy a computer on Monday, don't look at the sale ads on Sunday because it's going to be cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, but so, here's so, the next one. I mean, you're saying that, John, but really, what is a car anymore? Well, the majority of the car is a computer. But like, I, like we established my original question to you, it's never happened with the car. Oh, exactly. Nobody's yeah, expecting very true. It. Very true. Nobody's expecting it. And a car with all of this technology is way more expensive than a computer. Now, I'm not saying computers are cheap by any stretch of the imagination. It is still an investment for most Americans to purchase a computer for their home, laptop, PC, whatever they're getting. And so, you know, but, you know, you know, those who are investing in a computer they know that, okay, yes, I'm buying this $1,200 computer, whatever. 
and in a couple years, I'm probably going to have to think about getting a new one because it's going to start not running as fast. It's going to have all these things and it's not going to have the most up-to-date technology. But when you're talking about a $40,000 investment in an automobile, we definitely don't need to get to the point where people have to go out and buy a new car every two to three years. Would the auto auto industry love that? Yes. But the average American, they're not going to be able to do that. You can't, you cannot allow the obsolescence of this, you know, network of the computer to, to, you know, necessitate that purchasing a vehicle that often. I mean, that's just, that is, that is impossible. Now that I always say the the auto industry started in, you know, in the eighties with pushing leasing and that's what leasing has become is that it is a way to make Americans buy a new car every three years. Now, some people, most people don't lease, but the people that lease, they do it because they always want to have a car. They want to always have the latest and they know they're going to have a car payment for life. And there's something, you know, I'm I'm probably in that group. I've accepted I'm going to have a car payment for life because I like new, new flashy things. I mean, that's John. But there are other people that like to have a paid off car and not have that money going out the door, you know, each month. And those are the people that are going to get hurt and not, and they're not always the um, poorest people in the world. Some of these people are, I want to say, you know, upper middle-class wealthy that they could afford to get a new car every three years, but it doesn't make financial sense to do that. It's idiots like me that think it makes financial sense to buy a car every 18 months. Um, and I can't remember, but you were saying something that nope, I can't remember, so I can't yeah, well, I can't yeah. counterdict that. But I, I do want to get to the second half of our show or our second topic. But I'm going to go through roughly the list. We'll put the link up on the Facebook page under the the video, and possibly even the YouTube page, uh, so that you can look it up. But basically, Akira's Akira's. Um, just about everything 2014 or 16 to 2017 are going to be affected. Um, the RDX that actually, well, yeah, well, yeah, the RDX actually goes to 2021. The 2019 to the 2021 model is going to be affected. The NSX, the 2017 model is affected. Audi, you're looking at. 2012 to 2018 for a lot of their cars. Um, I think, you know, like the e-tron is 2016, but it didn't exist in 12. So you can pretty much figure 12, 12 to 18, a couple of them, the RS5 2019. Bentley, certain models produced prior to 2020. Uh, BMW, certain models produced prior to 2019. General Motors acknowledged cars made between 15 and 21 across its fleet uh, fleet will be affected, did not break down the specific vehicles, but they've also said they're working on a way to allow you to update, uh, at least with post-15 cars. Honda, you're in the same thing, 2018 to 2020. The Pilot uh, Touring, actually 2022 models affected. So the year that 3G is going away, they're selling you a car that's dependent on 3G. There's something wrong there. Lexus, all models, 2010 to 2017. Mazda, 16 through 20 on like the CX-5 and CX-9. Porsche, 15 to 19, the 718, uh, um, uh, would actually go to 2021. Uh, Stellantis did not 
a, a breakdown for their their brands, Alphos, Chrysler, Dodge, Fiat, Jeep, Maserati, and Ram. Uh, but they omitted uh, many of their vehicles to be affected. Subaru, 16 to 18 models. Tesla, Model S is built before 2015, which I honestly, I, I'm surprised Musk didn't carry with 3G a little bit longer to knowing, you know, he likes his old cars to go obsolete. Uh, Toyota, oh, cars affected pretty much 2016 to 2017, you know, Camry 13 to 17, Forerunner 10 to 19, actually. Volkswagen 2014 to basically the end or the body changes on everything. 2019 is what pretty much that whole thing is. Okay, and John, both, I'm going to stop you right there because Jason just wanted asked a question for clarification. Yeah, the 3G affects the communication side, um, OnStar, you know, Link, stuff like that, um, internet hotspots. But from everything that we know right now, well, it, it doesn't really work right. It doesn't affect the operation of the vehicle. So you could still run it and drive it. Um, there may be some impact to like your um, power, you know, lo unlocking and locking your car, things like that. But the, the actual just running and driving of it, you're still going to have a car that runs and drives. You're just not going to have a bunch of the creature comforts that you've paid a ton of money for in these cars because they're going obsolete. Hopefully that clears it up. Yeah, it's to me, it's the the fancy options you paid for. Like I said, the internet hotspots, the ability to remote start your car from your phone. I mean, when I first bought my Fusion, I was downtown Birmingham with a guy. You know, I have a nineteen thousand dollar Fusion. He drives a hundred thousand dollar Range Rover, and he's dropping us off or dropping a couple of people off. And we're about six eight blocks from my car, and I start it via my phone, and he goes. And he pulls up to my car and he goes, how's your car running? I said, well, I started it when we dropped so-and-so off. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, it actually uses an internet hotspot and the uh, internet in the area to start it. And he goes, this thing doesn't even do that. So that's the that's the features you're going to lose. I I love being able to start my car from blocks away or something like that when you, you know it's cold out and you're trying to warm it up or cool it down or you know you go to a, an amusement park you go to Six Flags and you're parked way out in the lot but you start the car as you're exiting the park so by the time the tram gets you to your car your car's cooled down. Um, yeah. So Jason, the My GMC app, depending on the year of the the GMC you have, that might not work. That's exactly what they said, you know, they've said, but General Motors at least is trying to fix it or yeah, come yes, up with a they, solution. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I just don't like the way that, um, let's see here, uh, shutting down their 3G. Here's a couple of examples that the drive points out in their article. Uh, things like in nav traffic, location data, Wi Fi hotspots, emergency call service remote lock-on-lock lock functions, smartphone home connectivity app, voice assistance, and even some of the concierge services. Um, most of those cars will no longer work by the end of 2022. The only other manufacturer I didn't get to was Volvo, which is 2015 to about 2018 on most of their models. Nobody else has said what models it's going to affect. So you're going into it blind. If you go out here and let's say it's a first world problem, say you go out and buy a Ferrari. Uh, well, let's see here. Ferrari, McLaren, and Mitsubishi have said none of their vehicles will be affected. Um, but the other, you know, Bugatti, Ford, Hyundai, Infiniti, Jaguar, Kia, Lamborghini, Land Rover, Mercedes, Nissan, and Rolls Royce didn't comment. And I was, man, I was. I was going to go out and buy a Bugatti. Well, mm. we know the answer for Bugatti. Uh, we should know the answer. Well, we know the answer for Rolls Royce because you just said Bugatti wouldn't comment. 
we know the answer for Rolls Royce. It's a BMW product. So I bet any oh, yeah. Rolls Royce built prior to 2019. Bugatti's going to probably be the same way that. Um, well, did Volkswagen say anything? Because Bugatti's Volkswagen. That's what I mean. Uh, Volkswagen. I can't remember the. 18 to 19 primarily okay, some so 14 to 18 so i would bet bugatti veyrons will be affected bugatti chirons yep. won't be yep 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 um your Porsche. that's speculation that's speculation uh we have an answer for lamborghini probably because again they are volkswagen owned um and it seemed audi porsche volkswagen all those had about the same model year ranges so be nice for Mercedes to tell us because I know Mercedes has a lot of 3G um, plans. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, Stellantis somehow has a th way they'll up upgrade services to 4G for not um, $9.99 a month or $29.99 a month with unlimited data. So there they are, 120 bucks a year. Just uh, another way to get money out of you. Yep. So we just wanted to make you aware of it. Um, it's out there. It's going to happen. And guess what? 4G cars out there, going to happen to them. Your 5G cars, if there are, if there are any of them out there, it's going to happen to them. This making a car a computer, while it makes everything in the world so nice, really sucks in the long run. You know, actually, speaking of that, I just thought about this. We just got a, a message yesterday. I have a lovely Samsung uh, watch, one of the Samsung wares, I think it's called. Wear is in W-E-A-R. Um, this, after, I think, April of this year, uh, is no longer going to function because it's on the 3G. I have to get a new one. Uh, been nice to tell you, huh? <laughs> I have had it for like two years now, maybe three. I wonder if that's going to so, affect, affect the early models of the iWatch or the Apple Watch, I, whatever the hell it's called. I can only imagine that it would. You know, you know the the ni nice thing. I I don't have it on right now, but my nice analog watches, automatic and mechanical watches, don't have that problem. Heck, I've got even a, my, I've got a uh, slew of those. I wear those occasionally. <laughs> I'm just wearing this one today. I mean, and even Lane, my Amazon um, Halo thing here, it uses Bluetooth. So, <laughs> of course, Lane, Bluetooth Lane will probably is, change. Yeah, Lane is coming late to the show. Um, we're talking like mid 2000 teens and up on the 3G issues. Well, some of them go back to 2010, but yeah, um, well, yeah, yeah, too, yeah. pretty much mid teens. That, that the models that were made. You can probably look at it as a body change when the body changed in the middle of the teens to when the body changed in the late teens is yeah. kind of yeah. kind of where that falls in. We will have Lane, we will have a link on uh the Facebook page and the YouTube page to the article that we're getting a lot of this information from. And I verified it with other places. So it's something that's coming, and it's something that, like I say really makes me skeptical on buying a car right now. Of course, uh -huh. I just bought one, and it's a 2020 BMW product, so I think I'm safe. Because they didn't mention Mini, Mini in there, but that's a BMW too. So. Um, so we finished with 3G, kind of. Let's jump to 3D. Well, here's a question. Can you, could you, I wonder if you could 3D print the upgrade for your 3G Probably not. Well, now you just got me thinking with the chip shortage, could we develop a way to 3D print chips? That's a good question. <laughs> it's a good question. Groundbreaking science here on no driving gloves. So anyway, what we're talking about with the 3D is obviously Lane, 3D some printing. things up until up till 2022 were, were affected. So it just kind of depends. Check yeah, we're all we're all screwed, Lane. We're all screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seriously. I'm 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 going to drag my Falcon out and just start driving my Falcon again. 
so back around episode, uh, was it 140? I can't remember. Um, I wrote it down. Let me see if I can find it. We we talked about 3D printing in the most extreme fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, episode 140, 41, and 142, we talked with Sterling, who's 3D printing a Lamborghini with kind of Lamborghini's endorsement. Um, but what I want to touch on to now is when I first bought my Mini, there used to be a website and BMW's taking it down. But there's a lot of things out there on, say, Thingsverse. And I've got a 3D printer sitting here across the room from me and I want to get another one. And Ford actually has a site out now for the new Maverick that has all these things that you can download the the CAD drawing, basically, run it through your slicer software, which is how, how your 3D printer interprets the CAD drawing, and some of it's particular for the 3D printer for the back thing. But basically, you, buy, you download the thing off the internet, you run it through another piece of software, it's ready for your 3D printer, and you print out whatever it is. Uh, cup holders, um, you know, new buttons, new levers. Uh, I have things for the mini that fit in the do- door handles to make the door handles a little bit of your pocket that I keep my glasses in on the driver's side. And um, you know, these are all little things that are little neat accessories that instead of you buying or the dealership having to stock or et cetera, um, I don't know if the Ford site's free. The B- mini site was free you're able to, you know, just download these things and print them, which kind of goes back to what I said. 3D printers can make UPS obsolete because they'll just send you a CAD file and you'll print out whatever you ordered. Uh, well, and I think we, yeah, I think we brought it up before too. Like, I think we were talking about model, you know, model cars, you know, when we were kids and the idea that, well, why even have, I mean, you'd still, for the people that don't have 3D printers, you'd have to have them, but the model world, I mean, you could send out plans for 3D printed model cars, you know, I, I mean, it's, this is exactly where I think a lot of us thought this was going to go. And and here we are having this discussion. But you don't even need to own a 3D printer. That's the cool thing. You can say download this CAD file and maybe, maybe they charge you $6.95 or $9.95 for the file. And then you can send that file. There's many, many companies out there that you send your file to and they print you the thing and send it back to you. Um, I just, I was just talking to somebody who did that with his Land Rover. He found something on Thingsverse that fit exactly the application he needed it to. He goes, man, this would be cool. And said, some, said somebody said to him, I think there's a file, you know, that you can 3D print. And he goes, well, I don't have a 3D printer. Downloaded the file for free sent the file to a offsite 3D printer. Guy printed it, sent it back to him. It cost him like 50 bucks or 30 bucks or something. And he got the part he needed. And he got the exact part he needed in the color he wanted that part. And if you wanted it slightly modified, a couple of buttons and you can modify that file or have that file modified. The The Ford site's taking forever to load up on my phone. So I can't, I haven't been able to figure out if it's free or if they charge you. But. Um, I just popped it up. They've only got a couple of things on there right now. And it appears that all the uh, um, files are free. They have, That's pretty cool. Uh, they have a couple drink holders. They have a c- couple dividers for the center console and the storage bins. So I don't, I don't think we've, we've said the Ford site. We haven't mentioned what it is yet. It's so it's for the Ford Maverick truck. Yes. Yeah. So they're there. You can go to a certain site from Ford and download 3D files for a 3D printer and uh, print out basically accessories for the interior of your uh, Ford Maverick pickup. And uh, Jason, yes, I agree. The, the, the best kind of graphic designer is a friend that is a graphic designer. I'm just that's taking that advantage of your friends, though. What? No, it's not. Oh, but I think this is, this is a, as, as we're saying, you know, this is a cool option because again, it, it, it takes out some of that. 
I guess, you know, it's kind of weird. It's actually my wife and I were talking about this the other day, not about 3D printing, but just about how the world is changing and the way we can do things differently now. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of getting into economics, but, you know, this will take away a certain part of that aftermarket accessory components um, sales from dealerships and, and those companies that do the aftermarket accessories, but it, it creates a whole new world of, of, you know, 3d printing and, and all these things. And even the people that, you know, design the CAD file that, you know, you send out for the 3d printers and all that. So, you know, although it's going to, you know, kind of eventually, not right away, eventually we'll see a move away from the aftermarket accessories at dealerships. Of course, who knows how much longer we're going to see dealerships around with the way things are going. Um, But, you know, this is just another avenue to go down to do these kind of things and, and let you pick what you want, print what you want. And I mean, in some cases, some of these, you know, the, the 3d printers, you know, they can use multiple different materials to print these things and what you might only be able to get in black or gray plastic, uh, from the dealership as an accessory, you can have it printed any color you want because the 3d printer has all the colors of plastic, then they can make it match the red stitching in your truck. Um, so I just, I, I think it's an interesting path to start looking down. And Jay, uh, Jason's commenting a little bit about the problem with 3D printing is the CAD software or whatever. That's Lane. It, oh, sorry. Lane's commenting. Um, I get, got a couple commenters getting the names messed up. I apologize. I do that in real life too with people. But it's not the CAD software. I mean, my my $200 3D printer I have here, I've, printed objects that I designed in um, the free version of um, I can't even remember what it's called now because it's not free anymore, but it was a Google design software. I've designed stuff um, in um, I've had stuff designed in SolidWorks that you just got to run it through the, the, the slicer programs, but the slicer program usually comes with your printer and it, it's really not that difficult uh, to download or whatever. You know, the mini site had little trim pieces that went around like your marker lights and you could get a new dash panel of the, the above the glove box. They got a, there's a panel and you can 3D print this panel like with your name in it or something if you wanted to pay to alter the file slightly. Um, door sills, things like that could be 3D printed for you. Um, and you get on, like I said, Thingsverse site and there's a couple other pretty much free sites there's you know phone holders there's um drink coasters there's um i can't you know i can't remember there's a lot of them but nothing that i was looking for nothing that i thought was cool enough to print but it's just and you know there's talk soon uh, replacement parts for your car can be 3d printed and you know people talk how 3d printing is going to play out and the restoration world and that. And yes, we've had those conversations, but this is kind of how it relates to new cars and what you can do at home and get some pretty cool stuff, um, potentially for free. So while they're taking away all my 3G and I can't download the file to my Taurus anymore, I can 3D print things if I can get that file. Did Derek uh, freeze? It looks like. No, no, I was just thinking about that. I got a lot lost in in deep thought there, John. Deep thought. Yeah, your but, muscles all froze. You forgot how to do anything except deep thought. Exactly. Exactly. Isn't that the computer from um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? I don't know. I prefer Max Headroom. Yeah, yeah. I made an '80s reference there. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Max Headroom, the original um, citizen of Minecraft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and you know, Lane, I think Lane brings up interesting points, um, especially when you start getting to, you know, what we're looking at or what, what we're talking about, especially with the Ford site, are kind of accessory interior components, uh, you know, that Ford's offering up on the Maverick. But, you know, we know that the auto industry has been 3D printing parts for the engine. Pardon me, evidently it's been a long day. Um, you know, 3D printing parts for engines forever. I mean, you know, uh, you know, the air intake passages, th things like that um, have been being printed for quite some time. But are you going to print that at home, taking into account stresses, you know, thermoplastics, um, you know, that are, you know, able to handle heat under the hood in the engine compartment, all those things that gets a little deeper in the 3d printing world, like Lane's talking about. Um, okay. And now he's saying, you know, thinking about printing stuff that becomes a mold for casting items. Yeah. That's, there's a whole nother realm too. Um, but you know, I mean, it, it's, you got to start somewhere, right? I mean, you, you got to start somewhere and printing some accessory components for the inside of your car, um, you know, then you can start printing some other stuff and, you know, who knows where this is going to go, especially in the aftermarket world. Um, but also just in, the, I mean, you think about it, I mean, you can kind of take this back to, you know, just the home mechanic and the home engineer in the early days of the auto industry, you know, during hot rodding and stuff like that, taking engines apart, you know, boring them you know, figuring out how to change connecting rods out to stroke an engine, you know, using mercury um, rods in a Ford flathead V8 to stroke it and do this and that. And, you know, once you start kind of developing this and figuring these things out, who knows where people that aren't in the auto industry working on this are going to take this at home. They might launch it into something that we never thought of. Um you know, I mean, I think we've seen that with the 3D printing world already that people have done things that we probably never guessed someone would try to do. So who knows what's going to be figured out? Yeah, I just hopped over to Thingsverse to see what, you know, a couple of things are and typed in Ford F-150. Of course, the first thing that comes up that you can print is a, a Chevrolet bowtie keychain. But I guess somebody got their tag there. But let's see here. They have just a few of them, uh, a new release lever for your rear seat, a new housing for your remote control, you know, with the lock buttons and that. A um, iPad stand that clips onto the dashboard and then drops down kind of in front of the radio so that you can have an iPad. A uh, change holder. Um, we talked parts. There's re some replacement plugs in that that go over the screws. Um a speaker adapter so you can change speaker sizes um a well i got an engine oil um change tray um let's see here uh the ac switches and levers and knobs mm -hmm. you know you know, that's actually, yeah, because thinking of that, um, when I was actually back when I was even at Henry Ford Museum, uh, one of the prototype cars in the collection there that I was working on, at some point someone had, you know, okay, maybe I shouldn't say someone had stolen or absconded with, but one of the two radio knobs were missing. And of course they were evidently prototype knobs or something they had just made up to put on because they didn't match any production car I could find anywhere. And so, you know, I literally just went to Ford motor company and asked about 3d printing some parts. And they were like, yeah, we can, we can sneak it in, you know, for the museum. And so sure enough, I just gave them the one that was still there and, they did like 10 knobs so that we could have them in case they either disappeared again or, you know, something else happened. And so, you know, as we were talking about, and we've talked about on the show, it's great for 
restoration and you know recreating hard to find parts but you can customize your switches you know i mean you could obviously that's probably what you're looking at john is various custom switches to replace the factory style switches with now some of them are custom their own design but you can print them in any color you would want um you can print them in different materials i mean uh, i've got a filament that i can print wood and it's actually wood and you can sand it and stain it just like wood the only eerie thing is there's no grain to it mm-hmm. it's kind of funky to look at but you know they've got center caps phone holders that snap into your vents i mean things that yeah i can get on amazon and buy but if you've in the 3d printing hobby or if you want it just slightly different um get the design have somebody tweak it have your three uh outsource 3d printer people tweak it but there's i mean there's hundreds and hundreds of things probably for every car out there that can be 3D printed. And I, this is talking, the whole point here, I guess, is I'm talking new cars, things you can add to your new car. Um, we can get into all the other stuff about printing parts for your old car and printing, you know, castings and there you are know, um, patterns for molds and things like that. But, you know, this is something that people, again, people aren't aware is out there. And you don't have to own a 3D printer. You just, oh, I would really like to have this, and I don't quite like it. What I've seen, you can go here and search the internet, and there should be a file. Yeah, or and I think a- Lane Lane brings up a good point. You know, he says the thing with interior parts is the temperature to make them versus some you know locations around the world, the summer heat that is seen inside of a car. Yes, you have to understand the materials you're using. You know, you can't just go into this blind and, you know, oh, I got a 3D printer and I'm going to use this plastic and I'm going to print myself a new switch. And, you know, there, yes, you're going to have to do some research and understanding of you're not going to be able to print certain materials and put them in a car in the middle of summer in Arizona where the temperature inside the car is going to get way too hot and things are going to start to soften up. Um, that is a problem. Yeah. I mean, you can get, um, what I want to say, filament for your 3d printer that'll melt around 200, 220 degrees. That's going to also melt in your car or soften and probably change shape. So yeah, but there's other materials out there. Uh, you know, that's part of it is to figure out when you're ordering your part or when you're, you know, kind of getting it, there's going to be some, you know, the manufacturers are probably going to give you some advice. The uh, the auto manufacturers, getting them free on a, a website, eh, it might be hit or miss. But again, we, we're car people. Are A lot of us listening are car people. We like to tinker. We like to make things. So this is just another thing we can tinker and make things with. Uh, we can do this, you know, at home at night when it's raining and uh, you're waiting for parts to come in for your project. You know, you can you can play. Um, you can do it instead of gaming. Just a few, you know, a few things like that. But, you know, I just kind of tied them both together, 3D and 3G. Uh, be sure to, you know, listen to the information on, what do I want to say, or read up on the information. Uh, boy, this is a long link. I probably should just take it to a... Yeah, yeah look at that. Yeah, yeah, that link, that'll take you to the drive site that has... um. Actually, it might actually cover two. It might not take you. I might have to put it directly into the page, but or make you a bit.ly link. But that's kind of where we wanted to go, cover the topics today. Derek, is there anything else, or otherwise we're going to wrap it up? And No, I don't think so. I think it was good. I, I think the, uh, you know, this 3G um, 
transition is going to be interesting. Yep. I can't wait till uh, November and December roll around and it's all over the news. Mm-hmm. Extracting see, uh, from something else. Yeah, exactly. See if, uh, see if any of my vehicles decide to shut down everything. Yeah. You're going to have trouble with probably that uh, 23 Chevy there. Yeah. Hope not. So, well, another interesting episode of no driving gloves. Um, be sure to tell a friend about us if you liked what we babble about. NoDrivingGloves.com takes you to the social media pages, takes you to all the back episodes, tweaking that page right now a little bit. Um, you can buy us a coffee there. I don't know. Everything's through you know, NoDrivingGloves.com. Colin, you know the answer to that. Why are you being anyway? Oh. Go 3D print a set of tires. How's that? I could 3D print tires for my automobile blocks. There you go. And with that, we're out of here for tonight. Talk to everybody later. Next week.